our journey on living behind the veil. Living behind the veil. So, in our journey in living behind the veil, we're actually going to be studying some things that many pulpits really no longer preach, and frankly, many believers no longer want to hear. <laughs> We're going to go deep in the next weeks, beloved, in the Word. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. <laughs> and as we study these truths and their implications, what's going to happen to us? We are going to grow in the glory. You are going to grow more and more into the likeness of Christ because you're going to have a true understanding of what he did for you, what he did for me. So hang in there. Hang in here with me. You're going to hear some things that you may not like, but that's your flesh. And that's not my fault because it's in the Word. So you just tell your flesh... Get in line flesh, okay? I'm not listening. Because the whole key to living behind the veil is crucifying the flesh and following Jesus. <laughs> crucifying the flesh and finding out what the true Jesus love walk is. Every single one of us should be so desirous in our hearts to know the true Jesus love walk. Know what, why he did what he did? Um, that he did it for you? He did it for you? And that you are called to do the same thing he did. So, but for, for today, we're actually going to do some fun stuff because we're going to we're going to start by understanding who we are and what our destiny is, what our destiny is. So living behind the veil in the fullness uh, and what that means to us, what it means to us so that we can, once we understand our destiny, see, we understand, we understand him better. You, you get a look at the goal, right? The sacrifice is easy. You know? So, that's what we're going to do. We're going to understand the fullness of our destiny, what he created us to be this year. You have been created. You have been created to walk in the greatness of your God. You have. Your God and King, Jesus Christ. He has given you a proclamation. We're going we're gonna to read the proclamation in a minute. And when you get the rhema reality of what he has destined for you, you will walk in the fullness of the glory of God here on this earth. Remember, if you see it in Jesus, if you see it in Jesus, it's for you. Period. If you see it in Jesus, it's for you. So, this is living life behind the veil. I'm going to read from Isaiah 61, and we know that this was prophetic of Christ. And if it's prophetic of Christ, what is it speaking 
about you. Right? It's for you. Okay. The year of the Lord's favor. Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Wow. Wow. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. This is all for you guys. This is, this is your destiny in Christ. I'm not going to comment on these because it would like take all week. But we're going to read it and you're going to go home and you're going to read it and you're going to understand it. In the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, listen, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, of the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's you. That's you in Christ. That's exactly who you are. Don't say, well, my, my, my flesh doesn't really feel that way, Lisa Marie, because that is who you are in Christ. That's who God made you to be. Sorry. Oh, well. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. Do you have an area in your life like that? Well, you just claim, you speak to it, and you receive restoration. They will renew the ruined cities they have, that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. Did you hear that? A double portion. Instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance, and so they will inherit a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they 
are the people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in robes of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. Hallelujah. This is your destiny. This is who he intends you to be. This is what has been spoken over you. Study it, study it, study it. Get to know who God created you to be. Hallelujah. So this is this that I've just spoken, like I said, is your destiny in Christ. So now, what's our role? This, we know this, the word is true, it doesn't return void. Is this correct? Am I correct? So now, it's our journey to allow this very thing to become the transformation reality of our souls. You get that? The transformation of your soul into this beautiful picture, into this beautiful prophecy that the Lord speaks over you. He never changes. He didn't change his mind. This is the who that you truly are. Okay? So when we truly understand, and this is going to be part of our journey over the next months, when we truly understand the Godhead, Christ's Godhead, and I'm talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit in one, Trinity, and I'm talking about Lordship. Him as God, Jehovah, Creator, our Redeemer, the Eternal One. When we grow into that, that knowledge, we will come, listen to this, listen to me, we will come to His living power in us. His living power. Not by our might, not by self-salvation, not by self-works, recognizing him, allowing him to be who he wants to be in our lives, his living power in us, transformed, coming out, flowing out. We will walk into the place where our inner life is truly, truly proof, truly proof of his power. 
his demonstration, his love, his likeness, his image. We will become his true church, the church that he means for us to be, the church that demonstrates the living love of God. The individual believers, holy and righteous, full of his glory and grace. Individual believers, holy and righteous, full of his beauty, full of his grace, full of his mercy, overflowing to the world, melded into a church without spot or wrinkle. You see that? You get that? This is all word. It's all word. It's all given to us in the word. And we will walk in the reality of Isaiah 61, that proclamation that's been made over you. So we will walk in the true knowledge of Christ, in all all of who he is, in all of who he is, in all of what his salvation really took, for you, and what all his salvation really means for you. This is no small thing, beloved. And you know, probably, I don't know if everyone in here is saved or not, but here's here's the, the rub. We think because we're saved, we know. There's never a point where you know enough. And the thing is, is it can't be here. It has to be here. This is where the true knowledge of Jesus resonates. This is where the true knowledge of Jesus transforms. It's, it's oftentimes letting go of this and allowing your heart, allowing your spirit by the Holy Spirit to take precedence. So anyway, as we grow in that knowledge, we will be flowing, we will be flowing in the very thing, the very stuff of God, which is beyond sense, it's beyond reason, it's beyond logic. Sensibility, reason, logic, they're all limited. We want to think they're not, because we want to be in control. And the place where you enter the glory is where you allow God to be in control, allow him to be in charge. But you have to give up the reins. Okay? So we, we go beyond that, that dimension of sense, our, our five senses, our reasoning mind, and our logic. We go beyond that. It is truly the divine power, the supernatural power, the divinity, the divine power of God transforming you, changing you, in your inner being, working in you. Does that make sense? The word of his power. What is his word? His word is power unto you. The word of his power in you. In you at work. The word of his power 
living, living. It is a life force. It's not just dead words. The word of his power, living and breathing in you and through you. <clears throat> the word alive. I'm not saying the word alive. I'm saying the word alive, a life force, okay? The word alive, the living God, the living God grafted into your heart, grafted into your heart, changing everything. It is our inner being truly transformed, completely transformed into the living word. How many in this room believe that can happen? <clears throat> Absolutely. That's what he created you to be. That's how he created you to walk. Okay? The living word alive in you. So that's our journey. That's living behind the veil. So how do we get there? All right. We have to grow in the knowledge of Christ Duh. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? We can't really just think that we know Christ. There's always something deeper. And sometimes it's the most simple thing that maybe we just didn't grab hold of yet. You know? So we really need to get to know his sacrifice. We, ne we need to get to know what really happened to sin. What does it really mean when he says the, the life in the spirit of Christ, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what does that really mean? How did what he did in reality, in our lives, how did what he did break, break, the curse of sin and death in your life. See, we're going to be moving into all that. Because you look around and you say, oh, that's a lot of lovely stuff to say. But see, it's true. There is a transformation intended for you. It is not living in this secular world. It is a higher plane and ascended life for you. Not an arrogant life, not a prideful life. Okay? And so how did what he did break the curse? See, we're going to be studying all that. Okay, that's what we're going to be going into. Anyway, so we grow in the knowledge of Christ, and when we do that, what happens to us? When we grow in the knowledge of Christ, we receive in our inner person, our inner person, the kingdom that cannot be shaken. I have a kingdom inside me that cannot be shaken. I don't really care what happens out there. I will not be shaken. I will maintain my peace in Jesus. I will maintain, you know what? He gives you rest. He gives you rest. He is a God of peace and a God of rest. So you have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Ephesians 1, 17. 
that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, every one of you, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? What does it say? In the knowledge of him, so that you know him better. In the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. Okay? And that word right there, know, is seeing, not this seeing, seeing, that becomes knowing. Okay, this is what it said in Strong's. And it is a gateway to a spiritual truth or reality. Seeing, seeing, that becomes knowing, that is now a gateway to a spiritual truth and reality. That's where you're going. Every day you can walk in this a little deeper. Every day you can get a new spiritual reality made, made rhema, made rhema to you, to your hearts, to your spirits. Okay, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, that's any believer, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, his power to you who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, which he wrought in Christ, which he accomplished, which he demonstrated, which he showed us in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, not only in this world, but yes, in this world, but not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That is the God that you, in which, in whom you can trust, in whom you can place your faith. And you will never be disappointed. Don't you want to walk in life never disappointed? You know, we can walk around and we can look at all the things in the world that are going on and we can be kind of disappointed if we get in the flesh. We can walk around and we can say, well, this good thing didn't happen to me or this good thing or that person over there had a better good thing. You see? But in Christ, we will never be disappointed because you know what? Christ knows how to perfectly take care of you, how to perfectly bless you so that you will know true contentment in him. You see that? Nothing missing, nothing broken. I walk around in life, and no matter what happens, I go, nothing missing, nothing broken. Because I'm not going to look at, at what I see in front of me. Does that mean I don't acknowledge that things, things that I don't like happen? No, but they're not going to be my final answer. They aren't my final answer. I know they're not my final answer. Does that make sense? Okay. And have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head 
over all things to the church, which is his body. Listen to this. This is who you are. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. That's who you are. That's who Christ. Christ in you. Christ for you. That's what Christ says about you. Because the knowledge of the Son of God is, is, the knowledge of the Son of God is the power of the Christian life. The heart knowledge, not the head knowledge, just like we were talking, the rhema knowledge of Christ and the completeness, the totality of what salvation really means. What salvation was given to you? The truth. Listen, the truth of his cleansing, his cleansing in our lives. How was that accomplished? Why, why did it have to be done the way it was done? We're going to study all this, God willing. The truth, the cleansing in our lives, when we understand that, that enables us to truly understand the glory What's been given us? What have we been cleansed from? What are we cleansed into? It helps us to understand the glory and the demonstration. And when, when we walk in that, when we receive that, we begin to truly walk in the demonstration of Christ in our lives every day as he has intended us to. We walk in his finished work because he finished the work. We walk in his power. We walk in his authority. We walk in his love. We walk in his healing. See that? So, Andrew Murray said, let's go way back. <laughs> Listen, this is, this is a quote from him. The only deliverance for Christians from all that weakens and hinders them is the full knowledge of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And he didn't say works. He said the work, meaning the finished work of Christ. And he uses the word Christians, but it's anybody, truly. I mean, obviously, you want to come to Christ so that you can understand it, right, and receive it. So when we walk in the full revelation knowledge, and that's what, we're, that's what we're going for, we cease from our own struggling. See? It allows us to cease from our own struggling. It allows us to enter the peaceful rest of God. Because what does the scripture say? It says that he speaks to us in ways of peace. Right? So we quit from our struggling, and we enter his peace. We enter his rest. We enter into well, what happens is, let me describe it this way. We quit walking in our own salvation, which is worth nothing, nothing at all. Uh, in fact, I want each one, of, each one of us, right at this very moment, I want you to think of one place where you are trying to walk in your own salvation. Okay, no, everybody, really, honestly, stop. Where is there something that just grinds in your spirit? Where is there something that brings you angst? That's a person trying to walk in their own salvation. 
So what do you want to do in that situation? Yeah, you want to lay it at the cross. You want to lay it down and say, you know what, Lord, you already finished this work for me. I don't need to do this work. You are my burden bearer. Do you know they didn't know my, 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 story, my thing today? He is the burden bearer. He makes your yoke easy and light. So just stop right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. This thing that has been <coughs> hounding me, this thing that causes me angst, I see now that I am trying to walk in my own strength. I am trying to walk in my own power. I am trying to do my own salvation. And you have already finished the work. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he has already put it under his feet. And he says to you, Beloved, come unto me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Lay it down and let me have it, and your joy will be restored. In Jesus' name. So when we cease from our own strength and our own strength and our own effort in attempts to walk in our own salvation, which is totally powerless, we receive the power of God. We receive the power of God. And we enter into the heavenlies where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, where Christ is seated at the right. Do you think there's any problem there? Do any of you think there's any problem where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father? <laughs> ruling and reigning for us. Ruling and reigning for us. Jesus, your intercessor, interceding for you, making supplication for you as your heavenly priest. You have a heavenly priest. Hallelujah. Not a man-made priest. The heavenly priest for you all the days of your life. Hallelujah. <laughs> he is establishing. When we, when we turn those reins over, man, he just establishes his heart in our lives. You know, we open up and, and his heart for our lives gets to just pour in. You see that? You understand that? He confirms he confirms his redemptive work in us, the redemptive work that he has already accomplished in every area of our hearts, in every area of our lives. You see, there can be some areas where we haven't released yet. We haven't re released unto him yet, but you're going to. Because understanding him and understanding his purpose and his love for you will help you do that. So this is Jesus. It is a new ministry. It is we are going to be looking at the person and the work, the finished work of Christ. So we're going to Hebrews 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these days, in these days, he has spoken to us by his Son. He speaks to you by his Son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Hallelujah. That's who's speaking to you today as a believer. 
Hebrews was written. Who was Hebrews? To whom was Hebrews written? It was written to Jewish Christians who understood the basics of salvation. They knew when they received, you know, knew Jesus, they were going to get to go to heaven. They were going to get to be with the Lord. They were going, but they didn't understand living in the glory here. You see, God intends you to live in the glory here. And they didn't have rhema revelation of that. They understood going to heaven, but not the fullness of Christ in our earthly walk. Not what Christ's blood truly accomplished for us. Not what his sacrifice really did for us. What true relationship, true relationship, you see. God wants relationship with you. And they didn't understand what had truly been opened up for them. And you get to understand it. You get to know it. You get to take it into your heart. You, they, what they understood basically was visitation. You know, visits by the prophets, by angels. They understood visitation. They didn't understand habitation. Habitation. Okay? That's what you have inherited. That's what you get to have, is habitation with God. You get to have habitation with the Lord, the king of the universe. The greater than all, better than all, wiser than all, more loving than all. You get to be completely connected to him. Wow. So Hebrews teaches us, what does it teach? It teaches us, okay, you know, just like take off your religious hats, okay? Because it teaches you that you have walked into the Holy of Holies. The veil has been torn. You have a total open. You've already walked through. See that? Behind the veil. Wow. And that we are redeemed. We are redeemed unto relationship and fellowship with God. Where, where and how to find God, we, 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 get to, we get to know all that. Okay, so God spoke. What does it say? It says, in the past, God spoke. Okay, God is a speaking being. He is speaking to you all the time by the Holy Spirit. He is your speaking Father. He created the world, the universe, with a spoken word. Do you think that there's anything that his spoken word cannot bring alive, fix, for lack of a better word, redeem, reconcile in your life? No, absolutely nothing. We are meant for relationship, not acquaintanceship. He's speaking to us. He wants to know us. He longs for you. He longs for you to come closer to his heart. He longs for you. He loves you without measure. He loves you unconditionally. It, it, it doesn't depend on what you did or what you have not done. 
He loves you unconditionally. His heart longs for you. Closer and closer and closer. He wants to live with you arm in arm, hand in hand, heart in heart. Heart in heart. Not heart to heart. Heart in heart. Can you conceptualize that? Go back and study what we learned that the word in means. It is a complete inner dwelling and presence. Hallelujah. Then it goes on and it says, God has spoken to us by his son by his son, by his son Jesus. No longer just the ministration of prophets and angels. You see that? No longer just that ministration. Because those are what? Those are created beings. Those are created beings. They could never, never give us the full measure of, of all that God intends us, the full measure of God's nature. They could never give that to us. It had to be the Son, the Son Jesus. You see that? God's life, the Son. God's heart, the Son. For you, speaking to you. Every moment, every day. His son, his son, his beautiful son came and speak to, came to speak to me. Say that. Jesus, God's son came to speak to me. How wonderful, how beautiful is my Savior's love for me. How wonderful. What are the words? Marvelous. That's it. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that an awesome thought? Hallelujah. How wonderful he is. How wonderful he is. How wonderful he is. You see, his son is the living, spoken breath of God in your life. His son is the speaking breath of God in your life. The very breath that sustains you. The very breath of God. He and only he could reach into our inward persons and recreate us in his very image and purpose. Remember we studied that last week? Purpose. Hallelujah. Only, only the creator could recreate himself in you. Only the creator. Prior to that, it was, hello, how are you, angel? Oh, thanks that you told me that, prophet. 
We have something so much better. Hallelujah. Each word of God, each word of God is his life, his very life, his very alive being, his very breath, his very himself in us. Himself in us. Hallelujah. This is the better covenant. That's what this is about. This is the better covenant. Each word of God, his life, his power, his his dominion, his authority, his freedom, his liberty in you. Hallelujah. Only that word, the son, okay, the word, the son, right? Only that word, only that word could be the seed of renewal and regeneration in your life. Only that. And when we seek after other things, it drops dead every time. We get disappointed. We get frustrated. We, we blame God. We blame others. But you see, only the seed of the living word of Jesus Christ could be that renewal and that regeneration in our very being, of our very being, in our spirits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Titus tells us so. See, I don't make any of this up. <laughs> you know, lawyers, they got to break every, they got to back everything up. Dot every I and cross every T, right? That's what we do. Titus 3, 4, and 5. But when the, oh, listen to this. When the kindness, when the kindness, and love of God our Savior. That's what he has for you. And that's only what he has for you. When the kindness and the love of our Savior appeared, hallelujah, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth Hallelujah. The washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going to read that to you in the Amplified. Verse 5. He saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy. By the cleansing of the new birth, Spiritual transformation, regeneration, and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Wow. You have received quite an infilling. Regeneration. This is from Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Okay, so you understand what true regeneration is. Listen to this. Reproduction. The act of producing anew. In, in scripture, it refers to new birth, new birth by the grace of God. Not your works. New birth by the grace of God. 
That change, listen, this is, this is an awesome definition. That change by which the will and natural enmity of man to God and his law are subdued. That natural enmity is subdued. And a, listen to this, this is what you receive in regeneration. A principle of supreme love to God and his law or holy affections are implanted into our hearts. Wow. That's the new implant. That's the implant that you have received. That is beautiful. And you know what? You didn't do one thing to get it other than believe on him. Nothing you did. And he had it there even when you hated him. He had it just there for you. And the moment you came to him, you received his greatness, his love. Wow, unbelievable. Well, really not unbelievable because of the type of, because of the God that he is, right? Just to the human mind. So we have an implanting when we come to know Jesus. Okay, a new seed. The implanting becomes the new thing done in our hearts. Okay, let's listen to Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. That's for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A new thing. A new thing for you. A new thing for you. So the Son, the speaking Son, the sp through whom God speaks, brings us into the very presence of God, something that the prophets actually could not do, and he ushers us into the very essence of our Father because the Son is God. The Son is God. And he deposits into us his very nature, his very essence. When we follow his, well, he deposits it. We have to then walk it out and follow his lead. Okay? We have to follow his lead. So, the prophets brought, and the angels brought visitations but the sun brings habitation and implantation, okay? The sun, through the witness, through the witness of the Holy Spirit, the sun, through the witness of the Holy Spirit, saturates, saturates, say, I am saturated in my inner person with the very essence of God. Wow. Incredible, the very nature of God to your core, transforming, transformed, has transformed that nature, the old nature, the flesh nature. So this brings us, this brings us into the hope of our salvation. See, when we start moving in this, we start understanding this, we understand and, and, and it brings us into the hope of our salvation, the hope um, in him and not in ourselves. We put our hope in him and not in ourselves. It gives us hope for living life in the Holy of Holies. I said in, I said in, I said in the Holy of Holies. 
behind the veil, the holiest of all. You've been given entrance. You've been given entrance. So he shows us the way out of the nominal elementary Christian living and into a life full, a life full, perfect access to, perfect access to fellowship with, fellowship with, inner dwelling, the inner dwelling of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You are so good. Your goodness overwhelms me. Hallelujah. The sun spoken, the sun revealed into our hearts brings us the very life of God and makes us his life, his life here on earth. You see that? You are a living power. Hallelujah of God. He brings us into living contact with and full expression, full expression of God himself. You get to be the expression to others of God here. And that's not too big for you in Jesus. God himself, through the speaking son, through the speaking son, the living God, (coughs) connecting us, connecting us to him, depositing himself within us. Whoa, whoa, thank you, Lord. How does that make you feel? Depositing himself within you, giving you the true life of God. In you, bubbling up, streams of living water, resonating, changing, transforming. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to be walking into. That's what we're going to come to understand more fully. That is living behind the veil. So how many of you are hook, line, and sinker willing to go on this journey with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's the endeavor. That's the message. That Go back and read God's proclamation over you. And we're going to take communion. We're going to receive tithes. And 